Why did you put book in quotations? <laughs> I put healthy and then I just couldn't stop. <laughs> Welcome to He Read, She Read, the podcast where a couple of married bookworms discuss what they're reading and learning. Today we're discussing reading goals for 2019. I'm Curtis. And I'm Chelsea. We've got exciting things coming up this year, including some crossover episodes, more buddy reads, and guests. Thank you to our devoted Patreon members who help make it happen. Through your contributions, we are able to improve our equipment, fund giveaways, and keep the lights on in the podcast studio, aka our tiny guest room. If you'd like to support He Read, She Read, go to www.patreon.com slash he read, she read to choose a monthly payment of one, three, or five dollars. We hope to create a fun community on Patreon this year with extra book discussion content, bonus episodes, and more. We would love to see you there. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. If one of your goals for the new reading year is to read more, we suggest audiobooks. Audible is offering listeners a free book with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash he read, she read to start your new reading habit today. Audiobooks are perfect for your commute, your workout, or your piles of laundry. Go to audibletrial.com slash he read, she read for your free audiobook. Curtis, we have a listener question today from Bree. She asked us, <laughs> do you have any actual plans to write a book together or individually? And this is stemming from our mystery episode where we pitched an idea for writing the Inspector Ganache series, which would be about a pastry chef turned detective. I feel like we're in a better frame of mind to write that <laughs> since we've been watching the Great British Baking Show. Oh, we, yeah, definitely now and, we could. And now can judge people about their pastry. And yes. We could write in specific detail about the lamination on the inspector's your pastry layers, dough. Your layers are not going to come through. That butter's going to melt. But, um, what if he was a competitor in the baking show and someone got murdered during the baking show? There's been a murder. <laughs> that's, that's my impression. That, would, that could play because he would have to be competent and capable as a baker. So, you know, making a shoe... A Genoese, and then all of a sudden solving crime. Yeah. I'm for it. I think that sounds like a good coat. Like, that's one I would cozy up with, you know, Cashing. a cookie and a cup of tea. Cashing in on all the food craze and just with the mysteries and going Why along not? with that. Um, I, you know, that sounds like a really good idea. Inspector Ganache? <laughs> <laughs> We're writing a book together. Well, I don't know. But other than... That I don't think we've ever talked about collaboration. I think we've individually had ideas for writing and projects and not really full-scale book level for me. Like I've written a couple of chapters of something that I thought would come together, but, you know, isn't really in any stages or like any legitimacy. How about you? So I did really enjoy my creative writing classes for grad school. And it sparked something in me. And I have some ideas rolling around and I've kind of started a few things, but nothing. It's not like I have like a book deal to announce on the podcast right now or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think we've sort of like offhand said like, hey, we should write a book together. But it never, 
I don't think we ever took ourselves seriously about it. No, but I think we both use writing as an outlet for some of the creativity that we have. And it's a good way for us to express how we're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, we wrote letters together for a good portion of our first couple of years of dating because we were doing distance and communicating through writing has been important for both of us. So I think it's a logical transition. It's just a matter of finding the right creative license and then how you're wanting to express that. Just like with the podcast, this is something creative for both of us that we get excited to do. It brings us together. We like having these discussions. I think if we were to write a book, it would have to be a topic that we both could get really excited about. Or a pastry chef turned investigator. (laughs) Well, we could get excited about that. I think if we did, I can't imagine us writing like a nonfiction like help relationship book or anything i could see more historical fiction because you love to do the research Mm -hmm. i could see you sort of digging through documents and pulling that piece together and me sort of being more of the wordsmith i think that could be an interesting pairing Mm -hmm. but for now the podcast has been that i have already been in a book so i submitted a contribution for a stories collection that one of my buddies from college put together which was about leadership lessons that he had accumulated so he took friends of his from the military businesses and like nonprofits, and then they all submitted stories and then he kind of chaptered them with like themes and then did some analysis on it i don't remember what it was called but we could put it in the show notes so i've already been in a book I remember that now. So I'm I'm (laughs) semi-published. So you never know. In about 20 years when we have more things to say, (laughs) we could get together. Save your marriage, start a podcast. (laughs) What are are the podcasts of the future going to be, though? It's going to be like holograms that you're sending out to people. (laughs) No, it's going to be like those freaky uh, portal Oh, the Facebook portals? Where you're just in someone's house, so all of a sudden it's like yeah, I'll click on this podcast and someone pops up to talk. Those would actually be nice for book clubs, but I wouldn't want it just on in my house. No, it's it freaks me out in a lot of ways. But you are you make a good point about book clubs. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. Because it's like you can actually be in the same room. Yeah. Technology for that could be used for good, but it will only be used for our data. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like we answered that question. We, uh, yeah. We've got a... We, got we, a winner. we really answered it. We've got a winner of an idea for Inspector Ganache. Even if a short story, I think I'm going to write it. It could start as a short story and we could develop it, but... It could be fun. With all the British baking that we've been watching, I think I could make that happen. Either he's going to be an investigator or he is a pastry competitor that's a serial killer. Oh. No, okay. Well, here's the deal. They never start as inspectors. We he learned starts that. as a pastry chef. We learned that with Easy Rollins. Yeah. Nothing happens right off the bat. He starts as a pastry chef, enters a baking competition, and is poised to solve the murder because a contestant got killed and you know pastry chefs they're just great <laughs> detectives well it'll be, it would have to be something with just flour and footprints <laughs> it's already written itself you want to get into reading goals discussion yes let's talk reading goals <laughs> that's that's what this episode's about right yeah. <laughs> not us plotting Not our us, novels yeah <laughs> so curtis we're talking 2019 reading goals this is the new year I'm not much of a resolutions person. Every About every three months, I do sort of a reflection where I like evaluate 
aspects of my life and decide where to make changes because I feel like a three-month window is easier to manage. But for reading goals, I do focus on the whole year. But this is a new thing for you. Well, last year was the first year that I really started to track my reading more. Um, Like when I got on Goodreads and was actually keeping up and documenting all of it, which led to creating more goals. So last year was the really first year that I made goals for myself. Um, I just wanted to read more diversely with kind of that being a big part of your reading life and trying to empathize and share in that. So I found myself like the more that I was tracking my reading, it lent itself to making goals too. And there's a thing on Goodreads where you can make like a goal of how many books to read throughout the year. And I set that, but that's arbitrary to me that I don't count that as one of my actual reading goals. But last year, I wanted to read more nonfiction, so I committed to reading at least one nonfiction book per month, and I wanted to read more books by diverse authors. Diverse, not just in race, but just anyone who is different from me. And so I tried to focus on reading at least one nonfiction book per month and one book that I would categorize as diverse in my reading life. Tracking both of those in a reading journal really helped. I definitely read more nonfiction than I ever have before in my life. It's really become the rhythm of my reading life to include those naturally. So that's what I like about making these goals is often it just becomes a part of your natural inclination of what you pick up to read. Mm -hmm. So um, we each have three goals and we're just going to talk about them, why we set them and what that's going to look like for us. And if you're thinking about your own reading goals, maybe this will help you. Or you're just going to be like, I don't want to make goals. I want to be arbitrary and just pick whatever I I feel. Just be a feel reader and have no order to my reading life. That actually is kind of like one of my goals. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I'll lead off going with my first goal is to read 20 new books this year. Um, We've kind of mentioned in previous episodes how I am a big rereader, which is also addressed in my goals this year. Um, so I have, I would say upwards of 50 books that I have not read that oh, are it's way upwards. Well, I'm trying to be manageable about it. So <laughs> I would like to cut a dent in my TBR stack of books that I have purchased and not read. So, uh, since I only read about 30 books a year, I thought that 20 would be a good goal to not only read more, but get some books read that are just sitting waiting for me. So... Um, I'm better about tracking my reading and kind of planning out where I'm going to fit my rereads in. So that's a goal for this upcoming year is read 20 new books and still have time to do one of my rereads. Sounds good. What's your first goal for next year? Well, I'm curious if you have like a couple offhand new books that you already know you're going to try and get to. Sure. So I still have to read the Edmund Morris Theodore Roosevelt trilogy. Um, That's been sitting on my shelf for a couple of years that I've been wanting to get to. And it's one of my nonfiction goals for 2019 is to get that done. Um, Other than that, I've got the N.K. Jemisin trilogy of The Broken Earth that I'm working through right now. It's my fantasy books that I'm trying to finish that are new reads for me. And then Joe Abercrombie's um, The Blade Itself is another of those that it's an epic fantasy swords, wizards type of thing that I've been told about for years. And since we're still waiting for more 
George R. R. Martin and Patrick Rothfuss, I'll just have to settle for those books rather than finishing some series that I've already started. So it's a, and then the other problem is just getting through all the random ones. Like I just got uh, Guns, Germs, and Steel, which kind of talks about the progress of civilizations and technology. And I've been looking at that one for years too and finally picked it up. So there will not be a shortage of titles to choose from. Oh, never. Absolutely not. One of my goals for the year is to read 50 books by authors of color. And that might sound like a ton to some people. I don't know. It's subjective. But um, when you consider that about 35% of my total reading already followed this trend. And when you consider that I already have about 25 books on the shelf that fit authors of color category, um, I don't think that 50 is outrageous. So last year, my goal was just to read more diversely. And that was a general goal. Having a set number instead of like a percentage, I think will help me stay focused, help me to make sure that it is fun and that reading never feels like a chore. Percentage is hard to calculate. I don't, like this past year, I read about 120 books and that included stuff that I was reading for grad school. I don't know what my reading life is going to look like in the next year because I don't know what life is going to look like. 50 books by authors of color, I think is just a good solid number. It's an increase from what I read last year, but it feels achievable to me. So that's one of my goals. I've, over the last year, I've tried where I'll like go on Instagram and be like, I'm reading four books. These are the four books I'm reading this month. I never end up reading those four books. But they looked good together in pictures. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I always change my mind. Things come up. So being more flexible in my reading life, I guess, is an overall goal. I don't think that's one that I actually wrote down here. But just having like that number where I'm saying read 50 books by authors of color They can be any 50 books. Like I'd like to obviously read the 25 that are on my shelves and they can be any authors of color. You know, each year I'll improve on my goals and make them different, but this is just a way for me to increase that percentage of my total reading, making sure that I'm not just reading white authors. Mm -hmm. So I don't think reading goals in general are for everybody. If you just like to read for like... (laughs) obviously for the fun of it and reading goals make you feel like it's a chore, then don't make reading goals. Curtis and I are both extremely goal-oriented people and setting goals to us enhances the reading life because we just really enjoy achieving. (laughs) A quick word about our sponsor, Audible. Begin your New Year's resolutions with a free audiobook from Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash hereadsheread to download a title for free and start listening today. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash hereadsheread to get started today. We recommend The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg or Reading People by Ann Bogle in order to start your new year with motivation to be your best self. There isn't any risk in trying Audible and you can cancel any time without jumping through hoops. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash hereadsheread. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash hereadsheread for your free audiobook. What's your second goal? So I just got done rereading a book from my childhood, which was The Phantom Tollbooth. And I liked that kind of nostalgic feel of reading a book from when I was growing up. So continuing with that and then my rereading 
goals. I'm decided that I'm going to reread the Harry Potter series, which I haven't picked up since they finished up when I was in high school. So we just found a box set version of the paperbacks not too long ago that was decently priced. So I've decided that that's going to be my rereading series for 2019. I will read it with you. Yeah, we, that was another factor. We kind of talked, like, you didn't read all the way through the series, did you? I think I read through book two or three, and I haven't touched the series since then. Goal number two for me. I am committing to zero book purchases on Amazon for 2019. And I'm excluding, like, a textbook for grad school. I only or, have one class left. Yeah. Textbooks are ridiculous. That doesn't count to me. But just general book purchases on Amazon. So that means that either I'll be getting books from the library or purchasing books through independent bookstore websites or in person in independent bookstores. And so this is a goal for me for a few reasons. Amazon is a bad influence on the independent book industry, the independent bookstores. And we love independent bookstores. We love going to bookstores. We have dreams of owning a bookstore someday. I just feel like to really support community and independent bookstores, this is a good goal to have. And lastly, a more selfish goal is just that I feel like since I've been able to just quickly buy books on Amazon, my unread shelves have exploded beyond belief. Whereas normally, maybe even five years ago, I would get books from the library, read them right away because they're from the library, they're due soon. If I did happen to go to a bookstore and pick up a book, I would get one book, take it home, and read it right away because I was excited about it. Well, now I have so much that I haven't read kind of clogging up my shelves, which I know you're looking at me like, why is that a problem? <laughs> but it has sort of taken a little bit of joy out of my reading life where I really liked the feeling of just focusing on one book at a time, not thinking about what I am going to read next, and having that like deadline from the library or the excitement of getting a book and starting to read it immediately instead of having it wait for me. So I would just kind of like to get back to that kind of routine. I like to read through what I have, spend less money on Amazon, more money at independent bookstores. It's a good goal to have, and I'm kind of in line with it based on a package you got in the mail this week that it was shipped not in a box but in a bag and the books were just so beat up yeah like that's a more of a deal breaker for me because i'm passionate about how my books look <laughs> so if amazon is just gonna arbitrarily throw my stuff in a bag then i'm just gonna i'd be more inclined just to go to a bookstore and pick out the copy that i like best you also have so many unread books on your shelves. It's not like you would be left wanting for reading material. No, and it's the balance of the ease and simplicity of Amazon with you know wanting to support businesses and actually cut down on our backlog. So I'm all for it, honestly. It's not something that I'm going to commit to because I'm an impulse buyer. I think it'll save money. You think not purchasing it on Amazon where you could get better deals and actually purchasing it from a place that's going to charge more money is going to be less expensive? Yes, because if I tallied how much I spent on Amazon on books over the last year, I don't even want to know the number. 
because especially when you were deployed, it was like my weekly like make myself feel better self-care was like purchasing a book. Hey, that's because what I did too. Yeah, because it's easy. It's, you know, healthy because it's a book. <laughs> Why did you put book in quotations? <laughs> I put healthy and then I just couldn't stop. <laughs> and I feel like that got me in a bad habit. So, you know, maybe ordering 10 books over the span of a month compared to just one would actually save you money. You're more intentional about choosing what you want to purchase versus what you get from the library. I can see the appeal. So I'm going to support you 100%. Because that also means when we go to these independent stores, I'm going to buy a book too. (laughs) Okay, so my third goal, I'll wrap up my list, is I'm going to try to read 10 new books by women or authors of color. So I said that that was one of my goals for 2018 was to read more diversely, which for me is just not as many white male authors. And I'm trying not to count the Harry Potter books in this because that'd be too easy because that's seven of the ten. So I'm really trying to focus and have it be new books that I haven't read yet. Although if it gets down to the wire and my numbers are a little short, I am going to count the Broken Earth trilogy as a twofer because N.K. Jemisin is a woman and also black. Loopholes already. No, that's not how that works. I Look, if I have to, and I need the goal to be accomplished, and it's like November of next year, and I'm a couple of books short, I'm going to do no, that. No, the whole point is that you're trying to choose more perspectives that are not your own. Oh, I already have a good backlog of stories. Like I have the fantasy books from N.K. Jemisin. I have a Russian... Um, World War II history book that just talks about women soldiers during World War II. Um, I've got a bunch of stuff. So the options... I actually feel like half the list maybe will come from the podcast and what we read for our buddy reads will be like, (laughs) me, Curtis, we're reading this. (laughs) Oh yeah, the one for... It's not a white man. (laughs) Upcoming for January already. Yeah. So I I feel like it's achievable and it's a half of the 20 new books that I'm trying to read for the year. So I think that that is a good goal for me. Like I said before, often these goals, to me, the goal is for this to become a part of the regular reading life. And so when you're actively seeking books by women and by authors of color or both, then when we go into independent bookstores, you're drawn to that a little bit more because it's on your mind. At first it's a goal, but then it just becomes a routine. And I think that's one of the best parts about making these reading goals. Yeah. Not to mention Doris Kearns Goodwin. You have so much Doris Kearns Goodwin to read. A fair amount. Yeah. So I think it's, that'll be pretty easy to get to 10. That one might actually be the first goal that I might achieve. And then I might Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't think, you know, once you meet that goal, it doesn't mean that you should stop there. Well, that just means it gives me more time to read Harry Potter. There you go. My next goal is to keep a log of favorite quotes while I'm reading and take more annotations as I read to sort of slow down the reading process, especially over the last two and a half years with grad school and teaching and reading for fun. I just feel like the goal has been for me to like squeeze in books for fun where I can and just like read as quickly as possible so that I can get to what I want to read compared to what I'm assigned to read. Grad school is almost over so my reading life is going to look different. I would like to 
kind of focus on one book at a time. I've had to read multiple books at once because otherwise I would only be reading for grad school or other obligations. Now I would like to focus a little bit more about one book at a time, my reading journal nearby so that I can write down favorite quotes. This also sort of falls in line with doing more creative writing because um, one of the best things that you can do as a creative writer is read a lot. But I also think that it's worthwhile to keep a log of quotes or passages that you admire because those things tend to trickle into your writing by osmosis, sort of. <laughs> um, or they serve as inspiration or a starting point for a piece. In addition to tracking what I read, track some quotes from that or write a couple of notes down about the book so that I remember a little bit more than just the title. Do you think you're going to need to get a separate book journal? Specifically I don't think so. For quotes? It could be another excuse to get another... Because <laughs> you love book journals. I, so. I love journals and notebooks. I think so. The Loic term journal that I have right now for my reading log is maybe a third of the way full. So I think I have enough pages for quotes and keeping track of reading. If I fill it up, then yeah, I get to have a new one. Do you feel like you would just use more book darts to help you with that? I think so. On the book dart subject, which side do you use to mark your quote? The pointy side. I use the flat side. But the pointy side points at the quote. But the flat side doesn't cover up the edge of the words on the page. It depends how big your margin is, I guess. So like when books that I've used book darts in, like yeah. if you use the pointy edge, it covers up words on the edge of the margin. Yeah. And I hate that. So I just use the shorter flat edge. Well, so typically when I use book darts, I'll put them in and then I use a book dart so that I can go back later and look at the quote, pull the book dart out and write it down. Oh, I leave my book darts in. It looks good from the side. <laughs> They are pretty, but like they're expensive. So I take them out to reuse them. Yeah. I've only used them in specific books and then I just leave sure. them in there for like recall. Yeah. So I just wanted to know if you were using the pointy end or the flat end. I do have, um, I do have a couple books that I have kept book darts in, but for the most part I use them. Like if it's a book that I just want to keep reading page turning, I don't want to stop and take the annotations. I'll put the book darts in and then at the end I go back, revisit the quotes that I liked, write them down, take the book darts out. And that's probably going to be the most regular routine for me with this goal. Yeah. What I'm just hearing is that would this would have been a perfect excuse to get more book darts and more reading journals. But that's, well, how, that's how my brain works, <laughs> not necessarily how your brain maybe works. Maybe Santa will bring me some because we're recording this before Christmas. Or your birthday. That's not till March. You got a backlog. You can figure it out. <laughs> I just true. heard you say that you've got two thirds of your book journal. Yeah, I've got plenty. <laughs> so I feel like those are a good spread of goals that are, you know, achievable, but also a good direction of where we want our reading life to go and challenging for us. Yeah, they're stretching us, but they're not pie in the sky, impossible to yeah, reach. I'm not. I'm not going to say that I'll read 100 books because I never have the time. Well, and you're just about to start your master's program. Right. And then I always read too big of books to read 100 yeah. books a year. I used to get intimidated when you would say that you're reading over 100 books a year because I used to think that I read a lot, but I just read a lot of pages. I'm not competitive, so I don't care, but... That's the worst. <laughs> when you're the only one competing and they're winning, 
it doesn't work. If you read instead of playing video games, you would be on my level no, with not, the, oh, how many books you read. I'm not giving up video games. Well, there you go. <laughs> we just spend our time in different ways. I can do it all. <laughs> <laughs> I can have it all. Oh, boy. All right, Curtis. Let's wrap this up with our recommendations of the week. So this week, I'm recommending the fifth season by N.K. Jemison, which we mentioned earlier was one of my 2018 goals to read more diversely. So I found a fantasy series that I've been able to really immerse and get into. Um, One of her styles that I kind of had to come around on was she just throws you right into the action without a lot of explanation and uses words that you don't really understand or have context for. It's one of the first books in a long time that I've had to go back to the glossary and actually understand um, some of the cast systems and slang in order to actually understand what's going on. So I'm about 150 pages in, and I feel like it took about 75 for me to fully understand where we were in the story. But I think that's just a credit to her. So it's a Hugo Award winner, and the entire Broken Earth trilogy uh, won three Hugo Awards in a row for fantasy books. So she's well-known in the community, and I'm finally getting around to reading the series. I would like to read it, but I am intimidated. I'm not going to lie. Just because of the things that I said? Or because of things that you've heard elsewhere? So I had heard that she drops you into the story with very little like background, and you're just in it once you start and so I wasn't surprised when you said that I've always been intimidated by high fantasy because that's just not the typical genre that I read Mm -hmm. I think I've been intimidated by it since I tried to pick up the Lord of the Rings in seventh grade and was bored out of my mind which is still a point of contention it's not a point of contention it's just sad well (laughs) I love those books it's just the truth so well and of note there's three com- um, competing storylines that I'm not sure if they're all in the same timeline even like I feel like oh, some boy. I, don't, I, I don't know because I'm not I, that hasn't been laid out so but there's three storylines that you follow different sets of characters as well so that's something that I'm used to with the Game of Thrones style true um, but it might be also new for you if you're not used to that well I did read the first couple books in the Game of Thrones series so it's not like I've never read high fantasy, but it's very rare for me. So I might sort of do pre-research where I actually like look up some summaries and feel like I have a little bit better sense going into it. And maybe that'll make me feel more prepared. Yeah, I try not to do that because I don't want a lot of spoilers. Yeah, but... I don't think I would care as much though. <laughs> I, I'd encourage you to read it. I think it would be interesting. So it's going to be sitting on the shelf. So you'll Yes, be, you'll be I have go. no excuse not to. What's your recommendation for the week? My recommendation is a website that is going to be super helpful for my second goal of not buying books on Amazon. IndieBound.org is basically like a coalition of independent bookstores. And not only can you search for independent bookstores by state on there, so that's like a fun tool for when we travel, but you can also purchase a book through IndieBound and the proceeds go back into independent bookstores. That's cool. So there are some independent bookstores that allow you to purchase online and they'll send you the book, which is great. But if they don't have the book that you want or you're trying to sort of spread the love between multiple bookstores, then IndieBound is a great way to do it. I think that I might be switching, like when we do show notes, I provide links to all the books that we talk about. 
And usually I just use the Amazon link because it's the first one that pops up when I hyperlink it on Google Docs. But I think I might be switching that to IndieBound because it aligns a little bit more with what we both like to do for independent bookstores. Yeah, and encouraging other people to do the same. Yeah, and it's just, it's a good extra reminder of why I'm doing what I'm doing for 2019. (laughs) Well, that's a good one. Hopefully people can get on there and support bookstores in their areas. I think so. Or next time you have a road trip and you're passing through a state, look up on IndieBound and see where the independent bookstore is. Thank you so much, everyone, for subscribing and sharing He Read, She Read. We absolutely love reading your comments, your posts, your messages every week. Our buddy read for this month is The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller, and that episode will air January 29th. I'm really excited for that one. Me too. If you haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, please do. Those written reviews make a huge difference in reaching listeners, and they brighten our day. Connect with us via social media or email. Find us at Twitter and Instagram at HeReadSheRead or email us HeReadSheReadPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember, the couple that reads together supports each other's nerdy reading goals. Absolutely.